it's, it's another male pride kind of thing. It's, it's strange because I didn't talk to, to any of the dads, mm. but Bonnie spoke to two or three of the mums. But I think women just talk more than men, don't they? Do you know what? As soon as you just said that, yeah. that I didn't talk to the dads, but Bonnie talked to two or three of the mums, yeah. that is effectively why, why we're we doing, doing what this. we do. Yeah, You've just yeah. summed it up in two sentences. It, it's like, that is why we do what we do. So here we are. It is the Still Parents podcast. Welcome along, whether you are watching this live. If you are watching live, going, hang on, why are you, do- why are you doing it earlier? <laughs> it's because there is uh, a small football game taking place in um, an hour and a half from now. It starts. It's the, it's the World Cup second round, Senegal against England. Evening, Ryan. How are you, sir? I'm very well, Dan. Very well, thank you. Busy day today. You and uh, hello Matt, how are you? I'm all right, yeah, thanks. Uh, Matt Whitehouse as well, regular on the podcast. You two have had a busy day, haven't you? Anyway, yeah, I reckon there'll be a few people thinking, bloody hell, they've got back from there quick. Yeah, <laughs> <But, laughs> where have you yeah. been? We've uh, so we d- we do our uh, little shining lights Christmas service um, on the first Sunday of December every year. So it's held at a church, even though it's not a religious service. It's it's got a bit of both. All right, for for everybody, we've had to hot foot it down back from St Mary's Church down in Temple Borsal back to here, ready to do this, and then uh, and then yeah. So let's let's go, let's I, go. I, I did have a moment when I pulled up at the studio because I only got here half an hour before we went live, and normally I get here about an hour before, and there's no one here, so I thought I've got the wrong day, haven't I? <laughs> I've missed that message in the WhatsApp group. Lads, we've cancelled it. We're just going to do it next week. We're just going out on the beer instead. Yeah, yeah. We, we have got an episode next week, by the way, which will be our final one before Christmas. Correct. That's right. And then we are actually going to have an episode, which it won't be live, but we are going to be putting together an episode which is going to be going out on Christmas Day. And we'll talk more about that before the end and explain the reasons for it. So this is episode 40. And our guest that we have today, all the way from Dartmouth. Dartford. What did I say? Dartford. Sorry, Dart. Dart, Yeah. That's the first mistake, Kurt. There you go. Uh, Kurt Payne from Dartford. How are you, Kurt? You well, sir? Yeah, not bad. Are you? Are you also... A football fan. Are you ready for England Senegal in the in the second round tonight? Yeah, yeah, ready for it. Yeah, QPR fan. So hopefully England will give me some success because I, I don't think QPR are going to do it anytime soon. Now, any, anyone watching or listening to this who's not um, a massive football fan, yeah, you might not know about QPR. So Matt, Matt's going to tell you about QPR. They just must be terrible because they lost to my team West Brom the last game and we've been absolutely <laughs> dreadful this season. So yeah. <laughs> I've got fond memories of QPR because we we do, do tend to do quite well. We won the league there as well. A few in 2008, I went dressed. Who as won the league? The Albion. I went dressed as Batman. Wait, sorry, what? Two points. What? Which league? The championship. All right, yeah. All right, it's still a league. Uh, yeah. The championship. Yeah, yeah. I went dressed as Batman because it was it it was we we had a day where we dedicated it to Super Kevin Phillips because he'd been our main oh, yeah, scorer. Yeah. So we all dressed up as superheroes. So I dressed up as Batman. Oh, you were the lankiest Batman ever in the world. Yeah, I was. I was. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yeah, and I saw and I bumped into Frank Skinner that day, and he was Robin, and we had a picture together. Can you send me that, please? I've got it somewhere. It's right. on my Facebook. I, I bet that was like Rodney and Del Boy, <laughs> weren't it? <laughs> Did you happen to be at that game by any chance? Did you see a lanky Batman in the uh, in the away end, Kurt? That was Matt. <laughs> was. I was at the time. I was a season ticket holder. Yeah. Oh, so you would have been there as well? 2008. Yeah, I was there, yeah. yeah. What do you do for a living, by the way? Uh, I'm a generator engineer. A generator engineer. That's that. yeah. So you are the person that everyone wants to be friends with when the zombie apocalypse happens then, because you can keep the power on. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So let's um, let's get into things a bit. So um, obviously you're here, unfortunately, for, for reasons that you, you wouldn't want to be the reason why we're doing this podcast, uh, you and your partner, it's Bonnie, isn't it? You lost your daughter, Mabel, Bonnie, yeah. um, you lost your daughter, Mabel Rose. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So in your own time, and as I say to everybody, uh, in as much detail as you feel you want to do, and if there's any bits you would like to stop and go over again, that is absolutely fine. Just talk us through your memory of everything, and, and we'll just uh, jump in as and when with uh, any, any comments or questions that the guys will have for you. Yeah, so me and me and Bonnie had been trying for a baby previous to, to Mabel Rose, and we'd unfortunately suffered three early miscarriages around about the six to, to eight week mark. And so in September uh, 2020, um, when we found out about Mabel Rose, it was very much just about getting to the 12 week mark, the the so-called sacred 12 week mark, which we did. At the time it was COVID. So unfortunately for the 12 week scan, I wasn't actually allowed in, which seemed a bit of Bit of pill to swallow. Oh yeah, of course. Were well, um, you just outside in the car park then? We we hear that a lot from. No, I, I actually went to I actually went to work on the on the day of the twelve week scan. Oh okay. I actually went to work because it was just kind of the well, if I'm only going to be sat in the car park kind of thing. Yeah. As you say, it's you know, it, it wasn't ideal. So yeah, we got we had the the twelve week scan. Uh, everything was fine, and we we kind of thought this is this is going to be it, you know. Yeah. And. Um, we went for a 16 week private scan, uh, gender scan, um, and everything. I was told everything was okay. And I can remember over Christmas actually talking to to one of my friends and I was still because of the miscarriages and stuff like that, I was I still was a little bit anxious about about things. And and he said to me, just when his girlfriend was pregnant, he said, I, I regret not enjoying the scans as as much as I should have. And I kind of thought yeah, he's right. Mm. And the first scan I could go to was the twenty-week scan. It's easier. Um, sa- it's easier said than done, though, isn't it? Those things because you, you you already know to a degree you're supposed to enjoy this. You're supposed, it's that whole yeah. you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, isn't it? You have to you have to feel it yourself. Yeah, definitely. Just jumping. So, how did you feel going to the twenty-week scan then? Considering you hadn't been able to go to the twelve-week. To be honest, it was I was I was buzzing because it was. Everyone kind of said to us about the about the twelve week scan being the the kind of mark, and it's it seems to be that after the twelve week, people assume that everything's going to be okay. So yeah, to going into the scan, I was, I was buzzing to be honest. And unfortunately, on the day we had the twenty week scan, the sonographer scanned us and just said that the baby wasn't in the right position to check something. So they sent me and Bonnie out for a walk. Um, and said maybe have a, have a fizzy drink, try and make uh, maybe a little bit more active. Yeah. And then we came back. We had a little walk around the hospital car park. We came back. The sonographer scanned again and said, "Okay, I've found something that I'm not. You know, I've had a word with my colleague. I'm pretty sure now I've I've seen what I've seen. But the hospital we went to, which was Dammit Valley in Dartford, there's a fetal medicine." Uh, centre at Medway which isn't too far from us um, that has better scanning equipment so they sent us down there to go and basically confirm the diagnosis at the time was was mild CDH. And what is CDH, CDH just for uh, for people uh, watching and listening right now not familiar with that? So it's a, a congenital diaphragmic hernia okay. um, is what it stands for and it's basically the, the diaphragm doesn't form properly okay. in, in the baby so the organs which are supposed to be outside the chest area, push up and are effectively compressing the lungs. So it doesn't it doesn't allow the baby's lungs to grow. And I, and I can remember going to Medway and they put us in a room and the nearest 
thing I can describe it is almost as if like, you know, you see on the movies where everything's in slow motion for you and everyone's running around the hundred mile an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Down yeah. the corridor. It's a great way. Um, it. Yeah. Me and Bonnie didn't really say anything to each other. We were both obviously really scared and hoping like, this is just, a, this is a mistake. Mm. We went in and had the, had the scan and unfortunately we was told at, at the time that Mabel had a mild CDH we we got referred to Kings and we actually found that it was a severe case of, of CDH, which was another obviously really bitter pill to swallow. It's an escalation from um, what you've you've heard. When, they, yeah. when you hear the word mild, yeah, and definitely. to a degree, you think, okay, there's still that there's that chance, there's that hope, isn't it? Because my, yeah, my, definitely by the definition of the word. Kurt, did they ever sort of tell you what the prognosis of a of a mild case of CDH in comparison to you know sort of extreme? case of, of cdh would be you know whether it would be something that could potentially be addressed at birth or d- did they ever give you any information when the sonographer first you know found uh, what they like you say described as mild cdh yeah so so at the time when when we was diagnosed at, at medway it was kind of uh, the, the mild diagnosis it kind of puts you in the area like the ballpark roughly of about 30 to 40% chance of survival, which later when we, when we was diagnosed with the severe case, it actually goes down to about 10 or 15%. It's, that's, it's a that's, big a big, that's a big step, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Massive. So we, we was diagnosed with the, with the severe case of, of CDH and we actually saw a, a professor there called Dr. Nicoladius, who's actually, He's got his own Netflix uh, documentary called The Surgeon's Cut. He did a procedure, a feto procedure on, on Bonnie. He, he basically installed a balloon inside Mabel's throat, which would stop the lung fluid from, uh, from leaking, all while she was still inside Bonnie's womb. But obviously we'd gone from that day to thinking it was a mild case and just hopefully, yeah. you know, think things were, were going to progress for us to, to all of a sudden you've been kicked down again and we had a procedure, a feto procedure, which would then see us go up to Kings um, and do fortnightly checks to see how the lung was growing. I mean, again, as I said earlier, with the scans and stuff with COVID, it was, it was, it was a time where at Kings, they would only allow one parent in um, until they designated you a room. So I would, go up with, with Bonnie, we would, she would check in at reception and then I'd be left in what was effectively like a courtyard with probably 10 to 12 dads who were either going through the same or they'd suffered a loss previously, so they were going up there and, and it was just the atmosphere there was just so, it was oh, toxic. And I was going to say, I bet that's one of the most surreal moments you've ever had in your life. Like, I mean, it's one of those things that you think, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you sat there in the same place as everyone else, but you probably know what each one of you is thinking, but then you're all probably going to have different stories. You said yeah. about, about 12, 11 or 12 of the guys in there. Was was anyone, was anyone talking? It's no, no. It was kind of, uh, uh, everyone would be sat on their phone or, or they'd be doing something. It was just, yeah. uh, you, honestly, you could cut the tension with a knife. It was, so it was it's, horrible. It sounds like it, it's almost barbaric. Yeah, it is. How did you feel? Yeah, yeah so I'm thinking, how did you feel about being in... 
I'm not trying to minimize, obviously, anyone who, for the dads pre-COVID, but to have this on top of what was going on, all these restrictions at the time, but all these extra little elements adding on top of something which up until, you know, your 20-week scan, everything's just moving along fine, which just adds that whole extra layer to it all. Yeah, and I think this is where, this is where the, like you say, there's a whole new layer to grief for a male at that time because you're effectively being told... <laughs> You're being told mm. that you can't go and support your wife, partner, be the, the one, one thing, thing that you yeah. want to do. But also it's to do with your child, which, okay, at that time is an unborn child, but your parental instinct <laughs> yeah. at that time is to be... You're wired, aren't you? You're wired yeah. to be around, mm. like, like I say, your partner or, or your, your wife, your partner, whatever that may be. And that's why I say it's almost barbaric. And this is, this is the, the side of... COVID, I suppose, that people didn't see. And we, we obviously saw what we saw on the news and what the media reported and, and stuff like that. But actually, yeah. what they don't report is the actual backlash that's going on in the background with dads. Precisely. Parents that, yeah. You yeah. know, it might be a same-sex couple, for instance, yeah. and, and they're still having to go through the same yeah, thing yeah. as well. But to sit in a room like that, like Kurt said there, there's no talking Everyone's just looking at their phone because that's... There's an element of that male pride as well kicking in because you feel like, well, there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. You know, I, I could, you know I'm not in a bad place. I can handle this. The machoism, the machoism side of things. It. It. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, but it also talks about, like, you've talked about this before plenty of times, Ryan, about the, the protector and the fixer. So, like, unfortunately, you go on to have what happens to you when you lose. But before this, you can't even be the protector that you want to be because you're not being allowed to be that protector because it's taken away from you. And, and, and yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, like I said, yeah. I'm fair play to you for having, you know, for, for kind of having the strength to go through that, mate, because it's one of them things that you think, you know, it's hard enough, as Dan said already, but then to, to have to yeah. be thrown into a situation that you can't control, but then you're, that whole supportive mechanism is taken away from you by a decision that is not yours. Yeah, as well. That's precisely that. Yeah, so, I think that I'd, I'd said to Bonnie uh, previously. I used to almost break my my life down into into sections because we'd go up there on a on a Thursday, normally a Thursday, um, and and we'd get to be honest, main, mainly positive results. That's what made the loss harder as well. Yeah. It's kind of heading in the right direction. Okay. But we'd go up there and we'd, we'd get positive results, and I'd be fine. You know, for the next week, I'd be I'd be buzzing. Yeah, and then kind of Saturday, Sunday night, it would be we got Kings on Thursday, and it, and it just a dread. Right. You can feel the anxiety the, kicking in. Three or four yeah, days, yeah. yeah, three or four, because you knew you knew you was going to be in that courtyard with them with dads, and and you knew that this time it might not be as positive. Was it the same guy? Was yeah. It, in general, was it the same guys every week as well? Like, or so it... you would you would have probably I would say. The 10, 12 dads, I'd say you'd probably fight. You'd probably bump into the same sort of six or seven, I'd say. That's and mad. then the others would be would be different. So over that time, yeah. Kurt, sorry, over that time, did, you know, barriers get broken down in regard to, to talking? Because you recognise, you know, dad A, dad B, dad C, whoever that may be. Do, because obviously they're in the same situation as well. For whatever reason, they're in the situation. I mean, I'm, you know, we don't know if they're ending is is as devastating as you know what yours is yeah. but you know do you get to a point where you think I've, I've got to make 
I've got to make conversation or I've got to ask, you know, a question or I've got to... Because I suppose subconsciously, it's almost a game of who's got the biggest balls, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. one of them. Yeah. It's, right. it's another... It's, it's another a Mal Pride kind of thing. It's, it's strange because I didn't. I didn't talk to, to any of the dads. Mm. But Bonnie spoke to two or three of the mums. Mm. That she would see up there regularly, yeah. Mm. Um, and I suppose they're kind of in, they're you know probably feeling a little bit fragile, and and they're. I think women just talk more than men, don't they? Do you know what? As soon as you just said that, yeah. that I didn't talk to the dads, and then you said, but mommy, uh, mommy, <laughs> but Bonnie talked to two or three of the mums. Yeah. That I mean, I mean that is. That is effectively why, why we're we do doing what this. We do. Yeah, You've just yeah. summed it up in two sentences. It, it's like that is why we do what we do because ultimately, yeah, we've got that male macho pride where we we sit in a room and we, you know, I've always said, I, I've always thought women could have a women can make a conversation in an empty room, <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest <laughs> no, possible no, way. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah. There is there is the obviously there's the there's the piss take angle to it as well, and then sometimes you know I might have. <laughs> I've probably said this to my wife. I'm not really needed in this conversation. <laughs> I'm just going to walk That's away. That's an extreme from example of it. But I mean, you are, um, Kurt, you're right with what Ryan has said, because that is that is it. That's the reason why we started the podcast. One of the things that we've said a lot is that men, obviously we do talk and there are stereotypes and there are generalizations. We do talk. We talk a lot of bollocks, but we do talk and it's about funneling it in that right direction. Yeah. I'm talking to a bunch of strangers at the minute just because the World Cup's on. So it's an excuse just to let you see someone watching it. After I got off the train with you two on Friday, actually. Yeah, there's a guy just watching, watching the football and obviously we strike up a conversation. Yeah. Completely different end of the, you know, the pendulum swing to what you're going through in that room where if that was the case, I'd be... And as Ryan said, the, the machoism and who's got the biggest balls, if you say something, is it admitting that you... That you're, you're struggling. Not, you're not handling it. Yeah, or that you're struggling. <laughs> Which or, is, yeah. I don't even know what that, that means anymore because... Well, it, it, uh, I get it. You want to be with your own thoughts. Yeah, but, yeah. but also is, is again, and I'll come back to the subconscious, is it a subconscious where you think to yourself, I'm showing weakness? Precisely. Because, you know, I'm, I am, you know... And I, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, Kurt. You know, you look at you. You got a beard. You know, you're a you. You look like a bloke. You're a bloke's bloke, and you sit there and you think, "Hang on a second, I've got to have some form of machoism here, where I've got to show that there isn't any sign of weakness, and that I'm going to be, you know, that strong brick wall that's going to be able to hold people up or or support people mm. and what have you." Um, so again, yeah, that is probably another reason why people within those situations what doesn't really matter what room you're in yeah, yeah. that you you put on that facade because that is the the universal way of a man saying i'm a man yeah, yeah. so where does it go from yeah, here kurt then like as long as you don't mind me me asking this and you answering this when does it start to go the other way it, it wasn't until i mean obviously with the diagnosis of, of cdh you you kind of know that you you know that there's a big chance of, of of a loss yeah um the percentages aren't aren't in your favor obviously throughout the journey as well like at the beginning you know there was hard conversations that me and bonnie had to have yeah. in in terms of like we was given the option of of termination and and stuff like that and and obviously quality of life and stuff like that which we all had to take into to consideration so you, you kind of know that you the percentage isn't in your favor um but in terms of actually the progression, we we was told on our last visit to Kings at 36 weeks, we we were told that 
maybe had enough lungs to, to do well postnatally and therefore she would be born and she would be able to have the surgery to, to patch um, a diaphragm up and her lungs would be able to, to survive. So it wasn't actually until Bonnie was induced and, and, we, and she was here that it, it kind of really went, went downhill. So, crazy. so there was moments, just to, to recap, so you had the 12-week scan originally because you'd had the three miscarriages, I believe, with Bonnie. Yeah. And then it was the tw- so up till 20 weeks when you went in and that was the first time that you'd, you'd heard about it, uh, the, the, the conditions and possibly the road ahead. And then from then, it was a further 16 weeks of hearing from mild to, to serious to finding out that you could have the, the operation after the birth. You're on Got a roller coaster, these, you, aren't you? Like, absolutely yeah. roller coaster right. of emotions going, things might be okay. And obviously this is also determined by where your own head is at the, at the time, in your own mood. You know, some days you just feel more positive than others, don't you? So it's yeah, that constant yeah. just swing of what, of what is going on. Yeah, yeah. So even, even when we uh, went into King's, because we had to have Mabel King's because of the specialist team and stuff that they have there, when you have a CDH baby, it's very much a case of babies born. They prefer that to be naturally because it helps yeah. the lungs and, and stuff like that. There's a specialist team who are actually in the room when, when Bonnie gave birth and they take baby straight away, stabilise the, the baby and then take it down to to uh, NICU and, and try and stabilise it enough so that the baby's breathing on their own to, to then allow for the operation um, because the baby has to be able to to breathe on its own before having the operation. We, we were told by specialist teams what would be going on and, and stuff like that. And it seemed when we were going in, we were positive. You know, we, we mm. thought we've got, we've got a good chance here. You know, I haven't been told that at Kings as well. Mabel was born um, on the on the 17th of, of May. I, I was told that when she was born, they would stabilise her, take her to NICU, and I'd be able to go and see her yeah. um, within the hour. And when I went down there, they, they said she was too poorly. For, for me to you know then still needed machines and, and stuff like that when they told me then that's when alarm bells start ringing because you're thinking this isn't as good as what what we believed it, it would be it's that sense of dread isn't it that we've yeah. heard of it yeah definitely yeah were you back in that room again not the courtyard but an equivalent during the birth obviously again because pandemic i was allowed at, at the birth yeah um okay which I don't think I don't think a lot of dads were because yeah, I, I think that. it was because because it was at Kings and of the and obviously the severity of the condition and, and stuff like that I, I was allowed in which was okay which That's obviously good. I was you know grateful for but yeah. eventually me and Bonnie went down and 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 saw her um, and we were told that they were trying different things to try and to try and stabilise Mabel but it wasn't going as as they would like. We went back to the room. We were sent back to the room, and I remember one of the midwives coming down with with one of the specialist teams, and they said, "We've got one more thing that we can try, but it's not gonna be, you know, it, we we don't think it's gonna work." Kind of thing. They said to us, "You you're in a position where we're not gonna administer any more any more drugs uh, like painkillers and stuff to to Mabel um, if it doesn't work." which would therefore mean obviously she was suffering and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and they said she she might not make it through the night or we can keep on the machines and we'll let your families come up and say their goodbyes and, uh, you know, and, and, and you turn the machine off when you're ready. 
It's a decision you just don't want to make, isn't it? It's, that is, it's, no, just, it's, it's just one of those. Yeah, like it's just one of those things that in life you don't think you're ever going to do, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's yeah. Ryan, can I can I bring you in? I think someone had a question or a comment for uh, for Kurt on uh, on our stream at the minute. So yeah, so it's uh, it's actually a comment. It's um, a lady called Laura. So it also reverts back to what we were talking about about the the men in the room and, and what have you. Um, and she said um, she's really sorry to you and Bonnie for what you've been through. And her partner is the same in that he didn't talk to any of the dads in the hospital because he yeah. completely agrees with the male pride aspect in in the regard of that, you know, it's, it is, it's the, I've got to show that I'm strong. I've got to show that I'm the protector and, that yeah. I'm, you know, want to try and fix what I can fix or, you know, do the best that I possibly can. It's just strange. It's such a prominent thing in our heads, isn't it, that, in that moment, in that room, with pe- especially when it's with people. You find when it's with people that you know. Yeah, absolutely. But it's that impression, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it's the fact that I think Kurt should be proud of, you should be proud of yourself, Kurt, in the fact that, okay, it's different circumstances, but you've come such a long way now yeah. and you're now on a podcast talking about it, you know? So it's like, it's one of those things. Yeah. Isn't it? Like, did having Mabel and, and, and Mabel being born change your perspective of talking or did it take a while or... No, I think I think it, it changed my perspective. I've always kind of, I think even with the, you know, with the, with the miscarriages, the early miscarriages and stuff like that, it's, I, I talked about that to, to friends and stuff like that because, you know, some days you're just feeling crap, yeah. do you know, yeah. and, and people were people asking why, oh, why, why aren't you your old self today? And you don't, you know, you, you, you have to tell them in the end because otherwise it would drive you mad. I've always kind of wanted wanted to to talk, but I think more so having lost Mabel, it, you know, you get that little bit more passionate about it because you realise that actually when you strip the layers back, there's a lot of people that do go through this at some stage or the other. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, and uh, well said. And I think for anyone who may be listening for the first time, watching for the first time tonight, this is episode number 40. So we've got all that you don't need to listen to the episodes in any particular order. And a lot of the things that Kurt have said are just Kurt's nuances on the same themes that we've we've discussed a lot and it, and it's and it's very true sometimes you want to talk but you hold back because you don't know if you're going to be able to find a way to say what you're because it's thoughts in your mind, isn't it? And you've got to transform it into words that make a noise out of your mouth into somebody else's ears and it's, it's sometimes you can't actually you want to say it but you just don't know how. What was it like yeah. with work and, you know, people finding out and how you felt and where your mind was at, you know, just in general in the... Because this is still relatively recently. It's a year and a half, just over a year and a half, isn't it? Yeah, May, a year and a half May last ago, year. Yeah. So that sort of mental health place returning to work. I mean, did you have much time off? And, and how did all that How did yeah, all that I feel? Had, I had, uh, I think, two about two months off work on full pay, which obviously takes a lot of, lot of stress out. Um, of, of of the situation, but I, I felt in the end, like to, towards the end of of my time off, I felt like I needed to go back purely because it was it was about getting back into a routine. Yeah, yeah, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it's um, I mean, like the actual the, the grieving side of, of things, you know, similar to what we we've just said about the the male being the protector and stuff like that. Like, I would allow Bonnie to grieve. You know, I, I would kind of be hardened to it a little bit, and I'd allow her to grieve, and then I'd just go to the driving ball, uh, like the driving range, and smash a hundred balls out of pure yeah. 
anger. I didn't care where they went or, or how far they went. I just, it was just my, my feeling. And that would clear my filter yeah. almost. And then I could go back home and, and I could, you know, allow Bonnie to, to grieve again. I play football, so the football boys were, were outstanding. My friends from school, you know, other friends as well. My support group, I couldn't, I couldn't fault them. Well, you know, good. it really, really kind of makes you appreciate what you've got. That's really good. It's good that you, know? you found that as well with the the driving range. I just had Happy Gilmore images then. Just, yeah. you know, just smashing it. Just, <laughs> that's it. Please tell me you had a run-up as well. I, yeah. I don't know why I saw it. Like It was on TV the other week. Matt, you know, you just have your go-to thing, which helps. And, and the reason why I'm coming back to this, because it is important that everyone has that thing. We've discussed it many times. Matt is with his running. And I yeah. think it was a couple of weeks ago. Was it the last episode? You, you, you hadn't had the best day before. Mm. And... It turned out he hadn't been for a run, had he? And I think well, yeah, your best mate I, said. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd, I'd had one of those days, and I, I mean, bear in mind, I'm, I'm six years down the line, Kurt. So you know, we, we lost in 2016, and, and, and I just had one of those days, just hit me, and I, I, I couldn't. I was just, just happened to be busy on that day, so I couldn't get out for my weekend run, so I had to wait till the following day. So it's interesting that you said yeah. about you know that you go and you smash the balls at the, at the, at the driving range and. I've always said this before. I feel like I'm a different person when I when I get out and run. You know, it clears me. It yeah, definitely. Me to, just know, just something about it's just to release. That's yeah, it. Exactly, yeah, something it, to release it, those those chemicals in your head. Ryan as well. I think Ryan, Ryan was shouting at referees at the football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I did. That that was my release. My release was go. I mean, I'm a Villa fan, so um, I shout quite a lot when I go and watch Villa because they make you shout a lot. But um, no, my release was and and you know I'm. A lot of people would, well, a lot of people can go within a shell and they don't say anything. Whereas my thing was, I, I would go and I would, I'd have a sing song with the yeah. the younger supporters and I would have a go at, uh, of having a shout, having a scream, and just getting some pent up anger out. As well as playing football myself at the time, I, I had an ability to be able to. Get, get sent it out off. in that way and probably get sent off. And um, there's probably a few people with a few stud marks down the back of their <laughs> back of their legs. But you know, unfortunately, they were in the way of me when I needed it. <laughs> so that, uh, uh, yeah. well, welcome to the brotherhood. <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah, imagine explaining that one to the ref. Well, his leg was in the way. Yeah, exactly. I got yeah. there quick. I got there as quick as I could. Yeah, but and you I'm know. feeling shit, so his leg takes it. You yeah, exactly. How was the communication with you and you and Bonnie? Was it okay? Was it? I mean, me and me and Bonnie have have always kind of had that that relationship where we're just kind of straight talking with each other, and you know, we tell we tell each other how we feel, which does help a hell of a lot. Yeah, yeah. But what I just touched on there with, with the grief, I think she found it quite hard to understand what I was doing um, because I was allowing her to. To, to grieve and I'd go out and she oh, just saw it as oh you got you going out with with your mates at the driving range right you, you, I was going to say was it the golf thing on. right okay. yeah interesting you're carrying on as, as normal and and it I remember I went to scum to the Champions League final um, with one of my mates and and I just opened up to mm. him you know and but that was you know it was oh you're carrying on as normal and and she didn't really it's only been afterwards when I've when I've kind of broke it down to her that look, this is what needed to happen. Well, it's, um, an, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I guess, it, again, it comes down to that communication and maybe some guys might be, yeah. might appear aloof with it and it's that whole, to a degree, you do need to have that sense of normality to continue. 
And uh, and also, as we've mentioned, not every, you know, it's going to put a, a stress on the relationship. You know, they're pretty stressful anyway, just with with the way life is. And not yeah. all of the relationships from people that you spoke to on, on the show before make it. So I think it's really interesting what you said about that. And from there, did, was was there more of an understanding? Was the times when obviously you were the stronger one, and other times when Bonnie was there to support you? You almost take it in turns to yeah, definitely to be there for the other one. Definitely, I think I think initially I was I was the one who who kind of took it on to just allow allow myself to not. Not not show feelings, but do you know what I mean? Like I was the one who, yeah. like I say, was, was protecting Bonnie a lot. And then and then other times, you know, late later on, I'd just be be having a bad day, and and she'd kind of rally around me, which yeah. is you know you, you need that. There's things where people that don't understand, they're not necessarily thinking in, in what they're saying. So mm. this is recently. So we. We've gone on to have Mabel's little sister, Loretta, now. I went back to work and someone said to me, it's like, it all worthwhile in the end, wasn't it? But no, it wasn't. Oh, there we go. I've, wow. got a, I've got a baby girl now, you know. There I've, really are some proper knobheads in this it's, world. Because, again, we've said this before, it depends on the tone as well, doesn't it? I'm sure the intentions were good, but you just completely didn't, didn't mm. think about the words and the way it's coming across. Unless, of yeah. course, it was just a bit of a twat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I've said to people, I've, I think I've said this before. In fact, I have said this before on the podcast. Is I always remember somebody else saying mm. to me because we'd got Alfie, who was three when we lost um, Lily, and we've gone on, um, you know, and had other children as well. And you know, they have said, "Oh, you know, you've got Alfie, or you've gone on and had other children." And my response has always been, "So, which one would you give up?" You know, because. Which child? Which one of your child uh, children? Sorry, would you give up? Mm. Because it is it, it it's it's in it's an insensitive comment. It's insensitive. It's ill thought. You know, there's no for somebody to say that. I I get where they're coming from. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I get where they're yeah. coming yeah. from. But at the same time, think about it. I've always think, said it before. You know, engage here. Well, hopefully things like this will help. You know, that's the yeah. reason why. Yeah, one of the reasons to do it is not just aimed at the the dads who have lost. No, it's a, it's a conversation that everyone should be having and knowing that you can. Someone, you know, one of your friends can just call you up, and you can just go for a walk, a pint, whatever you want to do, play yeah, some definitely. games, go to the football, definitely. and it is there to discuss if you want. But it's not mandatory that it needs yeah. to be every time you, you catch up with your yeah, friends. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean the person who it was, I. I Having worked with him for years, I, I knew, I knew that he didn't mean it in in a way that it came across. Yeah. But it, you know, it did put me. Did you put him right in, in a bad mood? Yeah, he's got two I black eyes. Not like that. Nose. <laughs> I, just kind of walked, I just kind of walked away because okay, I just, yeah, yeah. you know, because yeah. to me, uh, I, I I feel like I've, I have a good relationship with the person who it was. Um, yeah. Okay. But had I have started that. Yeah, that conversation it, it wouldn't have ended well. <laughs> um, so because I spoke to Bonnie and she kind of just you know calmed me down, and, and that's what I mean. She's been there in, in that sort of way. Yeah. Okay, um, I get you. So you because know, it's a close friend of yours, then Kurt, I apologise for calling him a knobhead. <laughs> no, it's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a close friend. It's a, it's a workmate who you know. But that highlighted yeah. to me how how much people don't understand until Wait. you've gone through it. You know, people just don't understand, do they? Well, you're absolutely 100% right. And hopefully he, you know, that's something which somebody watching now 
would not say to their friend who's lost a child because, or yeah. uh, and your friend in particular knows now. <laughs> it's just one of those. Yeah. It's it's a horrible thing, isn't it? Because it goes we, back to the first episode, the now. very first episode, the elephant in the room, and it's the stuff that you, you want to say, but should I say it? And yeah. how do I say it? And is this the right way? And on top of that, it's the right time. <laughs> the same words could actually go down quite well at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. It won't work at 10 in the morning, depending on where you are at that particular moment in your day anyway. There's yeah. a lot of variables for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, definitely. Well, listen, Kurt, thank you so much for, for joining us. Congratulations, by the way, yes, on uh, Loretta. I was, um, was going to end with that and say, where, where does the story go from here? And uh, what's happened? So how old is Loretta? Uh, she's just coming up eight months. Now. Eight months. Yeah, so, Tired? Yeah, just just getting ready for her first Christmas. So don't don't do what I did on the first Christmas and accidentally come home after a few pints on December the first and eat your, your child's first advent calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promised I was going to go to the shop the next morning and buy a replacement, but they walked in on me with like bits of tin foil just covered. I was passed out on the sofa. <laughs> so. Listen, congratulations to uh, yourself and to Bonnie and I hope Loretta has a, an amazing first Christmas. And thank, thank you very you much for getting in touch with us and even more so for coming on because I know it's difficult to, to, to come on and speak about things and we really do appreciate it. And I'm sure people watching in live and listening, whenever this is, even if it's a, a year or two years from now, and feel free if you'd ever like to, to join us again, whether it's for a whole episode, five, ten minutes, you can, you're more than welcome to come up. And if you're ever uh, in the Midlands, come and, come and sit in one of these empty seats here and join us in the studio, Kurt. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd like that, boys. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thanks, Kurt. So that was Kurt Payne rounding off our latest episode, episode 40. It's uh, 35 minutes to go now until Senegal against England in uh, the World Cup second round. So can I get a prediction from all of you? Because that way oh, I can yeah. keep can I, it in or I, take oh, it out depending on. on the I result. I need to look at the lineup first. Oh, I, think, <laughs> so I think we are going to lose 2-1. Matt, you've already said to me before we went live, you thought we were going to lose 2-0. Wait there a minute. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to wait there a minute. While, while, while Matt's just uh, okay, so charging up his phone. Oh, hang on a second, Matt. Sorry, I just want... Because uh, we, it's all right. We've had another comment come through as well. Um, asking whether we allow women to come on to the Still Parents podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Absolutely. we do allow women to come on to Still Parents podcast. So please do send us an email at stillparentspodcast at lilymayfoundation.org. You can also go to our new website, there which is stillparentspodcast.co.uk, where there's a, a contact form on there as well. That's why we were at Google on Friday. We we're pretty much just learning how to spell. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. me, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the person <laughs> who has to email. So yeah, so, yeah all that will come through to us yeah. and then, yeah, we can um, we can obviously arrange for you to come on uh, to the podcast. And also, sorry, Demi Lee Till... Uh, Til- sorry, I, I haven't got my glasses on. I should really wear them, really. Demi Lee Tilsley has just said two on England win. Oh, really? Um, so yeah. that's... Uh, that's, that's um, he's dropped Rashford. I know he has. Who, whoever, by the way... Sorry, who was the comment about the... Uh, uh, Laura McCarthy, so... So I think, uh, off the top of my head, I'm sure it was Series 3, Episode 5, you can go back to, and that was our... We, we had on uh, Amy, Ryan's Amy. wife. Yep. And I think it was the same series. You can look for the worst girl gang ever. Correct. And you can also check out their podcast where we had Bex and Laura. Yes. And they joined us via Zoom for a whole episode, and hopefully we're going to get them on again. And I, it's weird, because we all say we, this is a podcast for aimed at men, but we've actually got... I think it's like 60%, 40% split in favour yep. of, of female listening so yeah if you'd like to that that'd be brilliant before i forget kurt your score prediction please i'm gonna go two new england that's more like it see i'll be friends with kurt not you two negative <laughs> <laughs> i'm going one one and we lose on penalty oh shut up i'm oh, glad i'm watching it with you day off will you <laughs>
And also, actually, by the way, we've 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 got some uh, female guests coming on in January. Yes, we have. My wife's so, coming on. We have. Yeah, we have. Yeah, our social still parents podcast Instagram, uh, Twitter still parents pod. We got the brand new website stillparentspodcast.co.uk. And yeah, any questions, we would uh, be more than willing to accommodate them if you'd like to come on. As I always say, for five minutes, ten minutes, the whole show on Zoom in the studio. We would love to have you on. Thank you once again. Thank you, Kurt. We'll let you go now because I know you're looking forward to the game. That's it. You watching it? Is Loretta, is, is Loretta asleep yet? Uh, yeah, she is. Yeah, All she's right. got. A, you know, she's, she's got her England baby grow on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, she's, she's gonna wake up. It's, you've got to celebrate <laughs> quietly. <laughs> brilliant, Kurt. All the best, buddy. T- uh, take care, and we'll uh, we'll hopefully speak to you again very soon. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Kurt. Thank you. Yeah. So there we go. Um, we are done with this episode forty, but we will be back. Next week, um, it's uh, as I said at the start, our final one before Christmas. We'll be having one, a pre-recorded episode, a, a shorter episode going live on Christmas Day as well. And we will discuss that in more detail next week on the show. So if you're listening to this live or through your podcast provider, as and when, thank you very much. This is the Still Parents Podcast, and we will be back with you very, very soon. Come on, England. Come on, England. Come on, England. <laughs> Come on, England. <laughs>